One, two, three. Hallelujah! Clap for the Lord. Amen. Wow. <laughs> That's fiery, man. That's fiery. Let's all be seated. I'm telling you, you guys are ready for something big. Amen. Ready for something great. Ready for something dynamic. Amen. Because God loves you. Amen. Praise God. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for blessing us to be here tonight. We thank you for giving us yet another opportunity to sit at your feet and receive fresh rhema from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus, that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you've sent it to. We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Church said amen. amen. Praise God. Look at your name and say, get your Bible out. All right. Praise God. So uh, it's Wednesday night and we're always preaching on faith. Um, that's what we do because after salvation, the next thing you got to learn is you got to learn faith. You got to know what that is. What does it mean? And, um, I thank God for, uh, the journey that I've been on in my life, but man, sometimes you think, man, I wish I learned some of that stuff earlier, but you know, you can't go back and change it. But what you can do is make a commitment as you go forward. And so, what I want to do is give anyone that ever hears me, I want to give them an opportunity to grab a hold of the word and grow by it. And God's no respecter of person, so they can grow and they can grow fast. Amen. Amen. But it's going to be the word that's going to do all the work. And so we're going to preach uh, tonight um, this message entitled Sending the Word, Sending the Word. And so what, what happens is you start to learn who you are in Christ. Right. And so, you're not you know that when uh, you get saved, you're not just going to heaven. That's not the end of it. Right. You become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And so with a citizenship change, then all of a sudden you need to learn some rules. Right. You need to know, Okay, well, how does this work in my new kingdom? And so the things that we get a chance to learn through the word is, okay, who are we? in Christ and what are we expected to do? And so sending the word, that's a powerful, um, just a concept, but uh, a lot of people don't know about it. And maybe if some people know about it, they can get a a little nervous about it, but we're going to dig right into it. Let's go to Matthew, Matthew chapter eight, and then we'll go in uh, verse five, Matthew chapter eight, verse five. We're going to go on down five through eight, but uh, and we know this is after Jesus was doing all, you know, always doing wonderful things. And and how I many know oh, the word gets out when Jesus is working and the word gets out. And so and when Jesus was was entered into Capernaum, there came up to him a centurion beseeching him. And so he's coming with a like pleading with him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Next verse. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. See that? And so we would think that that's the answer, right? That's uh, what the man was looking for. But look at verse 8. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof. But speak the word only. And look what he says after that. And my servant might be healed. Is that what he said? Now, we're not talking about what Jesus said. We're talking about what the centurion who went to Jesus. And the centurion was a man of authority, so he knew how authority worked. 
But he knew about the power of words. He says, all you need to do is speak the word. And my servant shall be healed. And so this is great confidence and this really impressed Jesus. Well, let's look at this verse 8 in the NLT. Let's look at this verse 8 in the NLT. So he says, but the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to, uh, to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are. Oh, come on, somebody. Look at your name and say, learn to speak from where you are. Come on, somebody. See, sometimes we think we got to get somewhere or we got to. No, no, no. We have the power to speak right there where we are. And so he says, the officer says, uh, just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. And so there was confidence. And so it's just say the word from where you are. Now, this is emphasizing the supernatural power of words. Sometimes people don't understand words have a supernatural ability. I'm talking, man, words are so powerful that if we would just pay attention, if we would just pay attention to the power that is in our words, then we develop the confidence we need to change the world. Amen. The world is not just going to change because we hope for it to change. I'm going to tell you something now. Even your own life, your own personal situations are not just going to change because you're hoping for better. Come on. You have to realize that you are now a son of God. And we'll emphasize that in a moment. But you are now a new person. Anyone in Christ is a new creature. And so you've got to understand that there's a power in you and it's a power that Jesus demonstrated. But we have to, if we don't accept it, then we don't benefit from it. And so he says, just say the word from where you are. And so the supernatural power of words. And so you don't have to be in a place to change the atmosphere of that place. Y'all in here with me. You don't have to be in a, oh, come on. See, if you get confident enough in this thing, you'll start sending the word ahead of you. Come on, somebody. Before you are scheduled to show up, you'll send the word. Let me send the word over there first and let the word prep this place for my arrival. Oh, come on, man. See, I don't have to go into a situation and engage in the battle while I'm there. If I learn the power, the supernatural power of my words, I can send my words before me, before I'm, I could be scheduled to get there tomorrow. But I sent my words today. And when my words got there, they took care of whatever needed to be taken care of. So that when I arrived tomorrow, everything was already worked out. Come on, somebody. This is the power that is in us. That's a lot different, huh? Oh, man. Everybody in this place is tripping. Well, you should have sent your words before you got there. So you don't get there and engage in a battle. That's one thing. But a higher level, a better way to do this is send your words first and let your words start taking care of some business. And so you could send your word, you could send forth words and it'll travel faster than social media, man. I'm talking about your words will go faster. And we've been exposed to global impact through social media. We've been exposed to global impact through podcasts and things like that. We've been exposed to the fact that even that one time we did a, a man, a miracle healing service via 
what did we do? Brother Greg figured it out, but we did some type of Skype or something. And, and we were preaching to people in Pakistan. And they had them all gathered out there in the field. And we just preaching to them just through the camera. Well, that's a powerful impact. But what social media platform did Jesus have? So he was impacting the globe and he didn't have that. And the word was traveling fast. And so it's that supernatural power that is assigned to our words. And if we pay attention to it, then we can bring change into the earth. Amen. We can bring change into the earth. And so, uh, you know, when we when we looked at that Matthew eight, he says, you know, my servant will be healed. Well, we understand healing was the promise, right? We know that by stripes we were healed and and that's a promise. And so healing was the promise, but his words or his word was the means by which the promise was released. Okay, so what does that mean? This is what is said or this is a promise, but how do I get it? How many of y'all want that? Say that well, this is a promise, but how do I get it? And so what we see in that example of Matthew 8, just speak the word from where you are, and guess what? The promise is going to be released. And that's how it's going to show up. And so this is how you start to grab God's promises and you start to release them into your situation. Or you release them into your loved ones. Amen. Come on, somebody. How many know you can release the word? I, man, I released the word into Ohio. Why? Because my son's over there. And so I'll send forth the word and let the word start working some stuff out. Boy, all of a sudden you, you're not worried about not being there. I don't have to be there as long as I know what to say. Oh, come on, somebody. I don't have to be there as long as I know what to say. And if we start to grab a hold of this, we'll see great things manifest. And so the promises are released by the words that we speak. Go to Isaiah now, Isaiah 51, 16. And I've put my words in thy mouth and I've covered thee in the shadow of my hand that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundation of the earth and say unto Zion, thou art my people. And so God has put his words in our mouths so that he could plant the heavens. So this is how heaven's atmosphere invades the earth. Amen. Y'all ever thought about heaven's atmosphere invading the earth? Wait until, man, just watch heaven's atmosphere invade this church. What's going to happen when everybody in this church is healed? Come on, somebody. What's going to happen when everybody in this church is Oh, I don't know if y'all ready for this. When everybody in this church is walking in the million flow. I mean, how many are ready for something like that? What's going to happen when that is the norm? Everybody's healthy. Ain't nobody broke. Oh, come on, somebody. But see, that's heaven's atmosphere. Heaven's atmosphere is going to invade the earth. It's going to invade whatever atmosphere you release the word into. And so we can release it and we can call it forth. But it's going to be up to us, those of us that are willing to say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to step up and learn on a different level. See, I've, I've shared with you guys for a long time that, you know, you may be at a job or something, but, you know, 
Your job is nothing but a mission field. And so you got to understand, if God didn't have any kingdom assignment for you there, he wouldn't have put you there. Now, that does not mean you're just going to go to work and you're not doing your work. You're just preaching the gospel to everybody. Come on, somebody. You just, you're not completing your assignments or nothing. You're just up in there. I got a word for you, man. That's why I'm here. No, you're here because we hired you to do a job. Well, you do that job with excellence and you give a good witness to your heavenly father. And so when you arrive at the job, you excel above others. Amen. In doing the job. But because God planted you there and you it's a mission field, then guess what? There's going to be a light that's radiating from you and others will see it. And even if it's someone you don't even speak to, come on, how many know somebody can get delivered by you walking into their office? Somebody can get delivered and healed by walking by your office. I mean, I'm just saying what happened. It seems like that black cloud just dropped off. Why? Because they brushed up against the anointing. Oh, come on, somebody. This is the kind of power that we have. And so we start to understand nobody in any atmosphere can ruin what I got. Oh, come on. Because what I got is falling from heaven. And so if what I got is falling from heaven, then guess what? It is going to saturate and change atmospheres. And so we all can't be in the church. Right. All the time. You know, that's all we do. Just go to church. No, that's why God has it set up to where people, they go into different places where everywhere you go, that's a sphere of influence. And you have the ability to impact somebody's life with the kingdom. But you have to understand, see, it's not just about us talking about God and talking about, you know, um, oh, God is good. Well, why don't you bring his goodness into wherever you are? Because somebody that doesn't even know God, they don't know too much about God is good. That's Christian, what, you know, Christian cliches and stuff like that. God is good all the time. You know, the unsaved person don't know that. But the unsaved person will recognize the fact that they were depressed and then they just mess around and shook your hand. And all of a sudden they feel better. They don't know what happened, but something didn't lift it off of them. Come on, somebody. Uh, the, the unsaved person will know that they went up in there, man, uh, in pain. And they mess around and just talk to you. And you release the word on them. See, when your confidence is high, then you'll obey God quickly. When your confidence is not high, then you'll run it through your mind. You'll run it through the filter of your mind to say, well, hold on. Should I say that? You don't need to ask, should you say it? If the Holy Ghost tells you, just say it. Because it's an anointed word that came from him. And so he's bringing us in a, into a time where we can just do some stuff and lay hands on people and do all kinds of stuff in public. It don't have to be a secret. It don't have to be, uh, they tell you something, you say, oh, I'm going to pray for you. No, no, no. Oh, really? Oh, you going through that right now? And hey, let me have your hand in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Come on. In the name of Jesus, I speak. And it won't be these weak prayers. Well, I, I'm just in the name of uh, Father, I'm just praying that you please help. No, it, it'll be some authoritative prayers. It'll be, let me, let me have your hand. In the name of Jesus, I command that 
shoulder pain leave now in Jesus name. See, that's a different level. But that's something that is now if I speak like that, I command that shoulder pain to leave now. Well, I'm releasing kingdom. I'm bringing heaven's atmosphere. Come on. Into that situation. And so this is what God is doing. And this is what he's saying in Isaiah 51, 16. He's put his word in our mouths that he can plant the heavens. And so he wants heaven's atmosphere invading every area. Every area you go to. If You know, you can be in any atmosphere and you, it's a blessing. You know, you go to work, you won't get paid and all that. But, you know, God can bring money to you any kind of way. He could just bring in, you know, listen, you know, God could just have somebody drive by your house, knock on your door, leave an envelope of cash and you go and and it's like a doorbell ditch. They just ditch, you know, you they ring the doorbell and you go out and you can't find them. And it's just a nice stack of cash. Come on. Come on. We know God can do it. I remember I told you guys this story, but I heard it where it was a, a lady who was believing God for her rent or something like that. And she had a neighbor that was upstairs. And then this man did not like her. She didn't like him. But this man came down, beat on her door, gave her $2,000 and said, tell your God to leave me alone. <laughs> Come on. So, so this type of stuff can happen. And so my point is, God can give money to you any kind of way. And so, but what he does is he likes to have his people, all of us, imagine this, we're all dispatched. So you guys leave here tonight, you're going somewhere, you're dispatched. And what you're carrying with you is an anointing. That's why you come, you come to church. Church is a training ground. You're supposed to come over here, get filled up, and then you're supposed to release. Come back, get filled up, release. Amen. And so now what's awesome about this is it's not something you got to think about. You don't have to think about, oh, I, I'm, I'm just looking for somebody to witness to. Let me get that one right there. They just look like, you know, you just listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen. But this is God's method. And so God has a way of doing things. And it doesn't change. It didn't change since the beginning, right? He said, let there be light. There was light. Well, Jesus did the same thing. He spoke. He just always was speaking stuff. And that's how stuff was changing. And so heaven's atmosphere invades the earth through our words. Amen. Through our words. And let's go to Psalm 45 now. Psalm 45, verse 1. And he says, um, my heart is indicting a good matter. I speak of the things which I have made touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. And so if we look at what's being said here, he says, uh, he says, I speak of the things which I have made touching the king. So this helps you to understand this is kingdom revelation. And the things that are being spoken of are kingdom realities, kingdom revelation. And he says, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Just imagine that God is saying it. And your tongue is dictating it. Y'all got that. You ever had anybody do some dictation for you? You say it and they dictate it. They write it out. Well, your tongue 
is God is saying it through the power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will always tell you what to say. And so God will speak it. And then now you write it out. Come on, somebody. You write it out with your tongue. And that's why it's imperative that we spend that time, that time that it takes to get a hold of God. How many know the more you're around somebody, the more you recognize their voice. But if you're not around them enough, you, they could be talking and you don't hear it. Right. Amen? Yeah. It's just like when we were kids, boy, you know, my mom get out on that, that little porch and call my name. I could hear that. That'd be cutting through everything. It could be in the middle of, we could be having a boom box out there. We can have anything going on. She get on that porch, that voice is traveling. But I recognize that. You talk about voice recognition. Amen. I had some voice recognition on that. Right? But so think about this. You want to spend time. So what does it take? We're always talking about practical application. So I got to get a hold of God. I got to spend time with God in his word. And so I got to read it. I got to, you know, understand like the flow. You know what I mean? If, If you were to back in the day. People used to write letters. Remember that? That was a, Anybody remember that? Man, they used to write letters. What? Letters? Man, you write somebody a letter today, man. They might, you know, <laughs> dang. You, they might be like, what's wrong with you, man? Ain't nobody got time to read that. You know what I'm saying? You get a letter, you're going to go like this. Oh, that's too long. <laughs> because everything has become so quick. But my point is, if somebody writes a letter, well, you can... Read it and you can learn of their writing style or it's the the way they flow. Or maybe you read books and there's writers that have a flow to their writing. And so you kind of learn about them, right, by reading. It's not just like uh, even a, a, a columnist or something in a paper. They have their way that they say it and their the way they phrase things and all that type of stuff. Well, when we get to reading the Bible, we get to learn about the flow of God. We get to learn about how God communicates. And, and there's a theme, you know, you'll start to understand he loves us, but then you understand his authority and you understand how God does things. And you start to recognize the flow of God. Well, you got to do that so that now you will know when he's speaking to you. Amen. Amen. Because he's not going to speak to you in a way that's contrary to his flow. Well, how do I know about that? Well, I got to I got to get in here. And so there's things that I have to do. I have to pray. And that's my communing with God. Then I got to get in the word so I can understand God's flow and how he does things. Well, then I make myself available. And then what will he do? He'll speak to me and then I'll release. And so that's what it's talking about. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. And so I might be saying this, but it's God that's speaking it. Amen. I'm just the vehicle that he's using to get this out. And that's all of us. We all have the same power, but we've got to spend that time to recognize because the devil is very crafty, deceptive. And so he gets in there. And so people get to saying stuff that they're the pen. Their mouth is the pen of a ready writer, but it is not kingdom. It is not what they have as touching the king, meaning through their fellowship with the king. No, no, no. Because they start speaking some other stuff. And that's how all these 
doctrines come out and people change doctrines and they start talking all this stuff that is not really reflective of Jesus. Amen? And so if we stay in that fellowship, that communication with God, that dedication, and so that's why it's so important that you spend time with God every day, that you meditate, you pray, read his word, ask him like, Lord, okay, so what does that mean? Or what do you want me to get out of that? You know, because there's revelation. The word stays the same, but the revelation can go as deep as God wants to take you. And so you could read something and the other someone else reads that same scripture. They don't get what you got. Now, it doesn't mean that you're changing it around, but God has some nuggets in there that he knew you needed at that moment. And so you get those nuggets. Well, that's you getting familiar, becoming familiar with God. And so now you say, okay, Lord, I'll know what to say and I'll know when to say it because I'm familiar with you. And so now it's not just speaking, but it's speaking the word. And this is something that we have to become proficient at. It's not just speaking, it's speaking the word. And so that's really releasing the kingdom. Amen. And so let's say for example, a scripture, you, you may not have to know the scripture like by heart, but you know the theme of it, you know the meaning of it. And so you may paraphrase, but see the scripture is what gives you the authority to decree whatever you say. Amen. If you say something like, you know, um, whatever, like we say healing, well, we know by stripes were healed. Well, we have the authority based on the word. God will give you other scriptures. Well, you have the authority based on the word and you can release that into a situation. And so that's where, um, you know, we could see things change and things can change faster. A lot of times, uh, Christians just spend all their time praying. Well, your time praying is to help you be familiar with God, get a hold of God. And then it's oftentimes in your prayer that you get something to say. Amen. Amen. And so, see, that's that's how because the kingdom is released into the earth and all these different atmospheres through our words, not just praying. So praying is very important, but you can't just stop it there, because if that were the case, then that's all Jesus would have done. But Jesus didn't not, he didn't just only pray. He also spoke, he released, he went and prayed, but then he released and he spoke things. And that is what the centurion said. The centurion didn't say, uh, can you pray for my servant? Amen. Amen. The centurion, how come the centurion didn't say that? The centurion in uh, Matthew eight, he could have said, can you pray for my servant? No, he said, just speak the word. Come on, just release the kingdom from your mouth, from where you are. And my servant will be healed. And so that's pointing out the importance of words. And so we can't overlook it. And so it's not just speaking, it's speaking the word, releasing the kingdom. Now, a big hang up for many believers is the question of authority. And so that's that's one of the big hang-ups for believers. So think about this. When you are a kid, let's say it's your older brother. 
most of the time you're less likely to tell them what to do. Because you didn't feel like you had the authority, right? And so you're not about to go bossing them around because you know that that would create problems with you or for you. Well, when people question their authority, they're hesitant. And so a lot of times believers don't say anything. Y'all in here with me. Oh, I'm trying to help y'all. And see, and this is why sometimes people hope for things, but they're not decreeing that thing. Oh, come on, some. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to help you understand. When you hope for something, I sure hope this works out. Well, that's one area, but when you decree it, Amen. what if y'all came up here for prayer, and I said, "Well, Lord, I sure hope." Uh, come on, like we we had. Uh, we had some, going, you know, a powerful time on Sunday, right? We was up in here praying. And, and do you guys ever notice where I don't necessarily pray? It's like, come up for prayer, but I'm not praying. I'm decreeing. Why? Because I'm under the authority. And so if I said, we're going to break the power of that, uh, dis- the demon of discouragement. Yeah, we, y'all remember that on Sunday? Amen. I did not say, well, Father... I'm hoping that you would deliver them from discouragement. Amen? That was not my approach. My approach was I cast out that demon of you will not be discouraged in the name of Jesus. You will be the joy of the Lord is your strength. You will be encouraged right now. I command you. You see what I'm saying? Well, what is that? That's a little. What if you were doing that in every area of your life? Huh? See, that's why I started speaking big things over the church. Right. I said uh, uh, I'm, I'm speaking uh, financial increase. Then I say something like that. Or I mean, I don't be, you know, I say I'm speaking financial increase on you and all that type of stuff. Well. There's no I hope you get some financial increase. No, I spoke it, so I released it. Well, some people should claim that. Say, I got that then in the name of Jesus. Well, I I got it because, man, I messed around and heard that spoken. Amen. Amen. And, you know, as pastors, we operate under a prophetic anointing as well. And so it it will say, you know, just like in uh, Chronicles where believe in the prophet, what he says, and you shall prosper. And so you got to take that. Oh, no, I got I know I got increase because that was spoken. I, I was there. I, I matter of fact, I matter of fact, I got that anointing on me because I went up and got my hands touched. So whoo, money cometh right now. I feel like money's just uh, come on. Now, that's different than oh, I went up there, man, and got that anointing. And now you praying, Lord, I sure hope. Wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. We're missing out on some things. Now, why would that happen? That's a question of authority. So you don't feel like that you have the authority. And so, but we've got to understand what the word says. Because Jesus never, he was never timid like that. He knew what he was doing. And so we've got to understand that we do have authority because of who we are in Christ. But you can't be afraid to walk in that authority. Amen. It's just like if they promote you at your job and you're in a position to make decisions, but now you are nervous in regards to the authority you've been given. And so you keep going and asking, yo, 
supervisor, come on somebody, what you should do. Pretty soon they're going to say, why did I promote you? Because me putting you in this position, I gave you authority so that I can be free to do some other stuff. You see what I'm saying? That's like if I'm at church and all, and my ushers keep coming up to me talking about, oh, Pastor, where should I stand? Is it right here? Is it, should I stand right here? Man, you think I got time for that? You, you know what I'm saying? You think I got time for that? You better make a decision. Amen? You got to make a decision, man. Handle it. Then You know what I'm saying? Just take care of business. Now, Everybody gets proper training and all that. So we're not expecting people to just, you know, automatically know what to do. But when given authority, walk in it. And we can't, you know, question just like if I got people that come here and they they come here early. They got the keys and they they can't be pastor. I'm just calling you because I'm I'm about to go in. (laughs) What? Don't call me. You see what I'm saying? Don't I'm, I, And that's what we got to understand. See, this is an authority. So now we got to be able to carry this. I don't know if you guys, I don't know how many believers you know that walk around in kingdom authority. I mean, how many of you know that's just like they walking around and you're like, man, they don't play. Amen. And they're not talking about. Um, I hope, no, they decreeing and declaring, establishing, commanding and demanding and all that type of stuff. Amen. That ought to be common. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. And we're supposed to be Christians, which are followers of Christ. But now we're begging Jesus for everything. Come on, we didn't turn into a bunch of beggars. Everybody just begging, oh, please, Jesus. And we never hear Jesus talking about, oh, please, Father. But we're supposed to be doing what he did. You see what I'm saying? And so this is a, a different level, but it's understanding the authority. So let's go to Matthew 7 now. Matthew 7, 28 and 29. Okay, so now Jesus is coming off of this same man where he just, he's just saying so many things. And he's coming off of saying the wise man, the one that's listening to me, built his house on the rock and all that type of stuff. But even before that, he was saying, not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, is entering into the kingdom. So he's saying some aggressive stuff. So we come in on verse 28. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having what? Authority. Oh. So for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. And so he separated himself from the religious folks. You know, the scribes was just recording stuff, writing it down. You know, just I mean, but it's almost like what we have going on in our world today. People will study theology, but never learn about authority. Come on, somebody. How many know a demon don't care if you have a doctorate in theology or whatever, whatever you want. The demon don't care. He will create problems for you with all your certificates on the wall. Amen. Amen. He will not respect your degrees, 
but he will bow to your authority. Come on, somebody. He will bow to your authority. Amen. And you have to be one that knows that this is an authority given to me by Jesus. Amen. Amen. And so that's where uh, a lot of people get themselves in trouble because they might know. I mean, no, it does you no good to just know about the Bible. And you ever met those people? They say, oh, I read the Bible. Mm hmm. You read it, but you ain't walking in no power. You know, you, 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 made a, you may have uh, looked at it, but you have no authority. And so that's what this world is looking for right now. And so they said, for he taught them as one having authority. And so that authority astonished them. Amen. They used the word astonished. And that thing is attractive, man. When you got somebody walking around bold and they know who they are. Come on, somebody. They're not questioning. Oh, they know. And that was a that was a thing that impressed me with my pastor. My pastor walking in a room like he owns everything. Like he just like, who is this brother? He just walk up in here like he's the, you know what I'm saying? The king of some foreign land or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's that authority. And so that word authority means position, also power. And so Jesus demonstrated that. And we have access to the same power. Look at your neighbor and say same power. power. See, it's not a different power. It's the same power. Hmm. So we have to say, well, man, what is God doing? Like his formula and the way he is working these things out. And, you know, Jesus was even preparing his disciples and he said, you know what? There's going to come a time where you're not going to be praying to me for anything. He said, but instead you're going to ask the father in my name. And that's where we are today. We are continuing to be his disciples and we're to go around the earth acting like him. And so we have the authority to pray the same way he would pray. We have the authority to speak the same way he would speak. But we've got to be convinced of that and not be doubting. And so you don't want to be in a situation where you're hoping things get better or something happens. You want to be in a position where I want to decree it. Now, there are times where you don't know for sure. So you got to pray like, Lord, I don't know if this is your will or you got to give me more clarity on this because I don't want to call it forth and, and it's the wrong thing. But see, that comes through that fellowship with God, spending time. Then guess what? The voice of a stranger you will not follow, right? My sheep hear my voice. They know my voice and they follow me. So that's going, you're going to have enough fellowship with God to where you won't have to have all these times of pausing and questioning. You'll know what to say. And so we have access to the same power that Jesus had. Amen. And so go to John, John one, John one, 12, John one, 12. But as many as received him to them, gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And so what was going on is a lot of people rejected him. But those that believed, look at your name and say, I'm a believer. 
Say, we, you know, we could say, are you a believer? Okay, yeah. So that's how we identify each other. Are you, oh, you a believer? Well, we got to understand what the word believer means. He says to them that believe, he gave them power to become the sons of God. And so this word sons is talking about the power and the position. And we've taught this for many years, but it's not gender, it's position. It's that position in Christ. And so uh, that position gives me delegated authority, right? Delegated authority means if Jesus has the power, then he has the ability to delegate. You cannot delegate power if you are powerless, amen? If you don't have power, you can't delegate that power to anyone. But if you do have power, then now you can delegate. Now, some people have power, but they don't have power to empower. Amen? Amen. And so what does that mean? You may have a clearance at your job. You may have a level of authority at your job to make decisions, but you may not have the authority to give someone else, come on somebody, to where somebody can't just come over there and you say, okay, well, do that and then... Your higher up comes and says, what are you doing? And they say, I'm doing this because he told me I could do it. Amen. Wait a minute. He was authorized to do it, but not authorized to give you the authority to do it. Amen. Amen. And so, but Jesus had the power and he was authorized, y'all in here, to give the power. And so that's a wonderful thing because he carried the power, but then he had the authority. He was authorized to now empower you and empower me. And that is a power that cannot be taken away. And so go to Luke ten nineteen. Luke ten nineteen. So he says here, behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And so this is, once again, emphasizing the power. Where does the power come from? The power comes from Jesus to me. And so now I'm walking around here in the earth with delegated authority, and I have power over the devil, and I have all power over all the works of the devil. So that means the devil has nothing that he can do to stop me. Unless I don't know my authority. So if I don't know my authority, a demon can show up. And I'll be talking about, oh, please, Jesus. Wait, what's please Jesus got to do with that? Like a demon showed up on you. And oh, please, Jesus is what you got to say. But that ain't what you're supposed to say. What you're supposed to say is I command you to get out now in the name of Jesus. Amen. All you got to do is put the name of Jesus, or if you are just, man, you don't know much about it, you could just point in the name of Jesus, get out. See what I'm saying? In the name of, why? Because now you've been given authority. But if you don't know that you have that, amen? So now this goes further. What happens when you really start to get this? And this is the levels that God is going to take us to. What happens when you start believing in your own authority? Oh, come on, y'all. What happens when you start believing in your own authority? 
So what does that mean? It's an authority given to you, but sometimes people don't believe in it. But what happens when you believe in it? Well, guess what? You will, oh, come on, you will take your words as though Jesus said it. Amen. Wow. You understand the level that we're going to? You will take your words that you say out of your mouth as though Jesus said it. Because you know right now, if Jesus laid hands on you, let's say you got pain in your body. If Jesus laid hands and said, I command that pain to go, you would totally believe it. Because it was Jesus, right? But what if you lay hands on, oh, come on. What if you lay hands on it and you command it to go? In the name of Jesus. See, that's delegated authority. And so basically, it's like Jesus was letting the disciples know that, hey, I'm giving you authority. So basically, you can go up there and cast out the devil in my name, but it's just like I said it. And so the devil got to obey you just like he would have obeyed me. Why? Because it's the same word being released. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. And so I'm releasing kingdom. But if I don't see that, do what I'm, I'm going to do. I'm going to look for somebody else. Come on. See, when power is released, it's without question. That's why you got to have you say some bold stuff. And sometimes later on, you think about what you said and you say, oh, wow, Lord, you have me say that. But it's being released with such authority. And there's no question. Well, now, what happens when you believe that? Now, this is where I believe God has taken us. And so this is where the church was. You Listen, you know the church had to be in this place. Otherwise, Peter would have never grabbed the crippled man and yanked him up. If Peter had doubt in his words, he wouldn't. There is no way he would have grabbed that man and yanked him up in Acts chapter 3. But he was coming out of the upper room. He was filled with the power. The doubt that he used to have trying to follow Jesus before the Holy Ghost came, now he didn't have that. Do you think Peter thought twice about what he said? When he said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. He didn't pause. He didn't think twice. Why? Because he spoke with the same authority. And so, oh, come on, somebody. And so that demon of infirmity that was oppressing that man, when he heard Peter speak, it carried the same tone and authority as if Jesus said it. So you understand that when I am in position and under authority, I can release a word and the demonic hears the same tone and the same power as though Jesus said it himself. Amen. This could be intimidating, man. This could be kind of like, wait, what, huh? What is this? See, this is, this is Christianity. That's all it is. It's not taught that way, but it should be. You know why it should be taught that way? It's because that's the way Jesus taught it. See, all this religious stuff came after where people are afraid to approach the throne or afraid to engage or afraid to 
speak something bold. You know what I mean? Because, oh, now you get ridiculed. Oh, brother, you just said that. You know, oh, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But then when you, you know, you start to understand this authority, you start speaking this stuff, man. You'll be like, in the name of Jesus, this is changing. I command a change up in this thing right here. This shall not stay this way. I'm calling in something new. I release heaven into this thing right here. And you don't go away saying, I hope, I hope uh, this changes. Amen. You see what I'm saying? Amen. Oh, I say we can decree things and we start speaking it. You know, I, I'm, I, de- I can get decree things. That's how I can speak stuff over you and speak financial increase. Praise well, I'm, and I'm expecting the money to come because I said it. Amen. 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 This, uh, this thing is working. Amen. I'm already getting, you know. Well, information, this thing is working, man. But it's a matter of us saying it. And us saying it from a place to where we're not questioning. Amen. Amen. So you'll find your prayers will change. Your prayers over yourself. Your prayers over someone else. It'll be a lot of decreeing in your prayers. Because that's what you're doing when you're in that position. So delegated authority, power's been given to you. It's granted unto you. And now we know this one, Ephesians 2, 6. This is our joint seating. And so uh, Ephesians 2, 6. And he raised us up together with him and made us sit down together, giving us joint seating with him in the heavens, heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one. And so now if I think about it, I live my life in Christ. And so what that means is if I live my life in Christ, my life fades, not his. Amen. So some people get that mixed up. They think that Jesus is going to fade and he's going to come alongside you. But when we live our lives in him, our lives fade and his becomes more radiant. Amen. And so it's not that he comes along and acts like us or uh, uh, works with us and all this. No, we give our lives to him and now we fade and he come becomes more radiant. And so now if that is happening, then it, it's confusing the demonic realm because all of a sudden uh, they are, they can't, is that Jesus? I, oh, I don't know. And they start to think that when we walk, come on somebody, they think that's Jesus walking. Come on. When we walk, they think it's Jesus walk. When we talk, come on somebody, they think it's Jesus. And they cannot distinguish. This is pressuring. I'll give you one bonus scripture. First, I think it's first John four seventeen, but he talks about 17, 18 or something like that. But as he is, so are we in this world. And so we've got to understand this. And this is the way the demonic realm sees this thing. So, uh, yeah, let's say Ephesians. Uh, or did I say Ephesians? I don't mean Ephesians. First John. First John. Yeah, first John four seventeen. Now, this is going to be very uncomfortable for you if you if you get stuck in religion. Okay, so it says herein is our love made perfect that we we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is. So are we where? Well, 
could, that has to be talking about heaven, right? Like he's talking about the glory, my glorified state. I'll, I'll give you some help. World and heaven are two different places. Amen. And so when it says world, is not talking about heaven. There is no translation that says world means heaven. No, world is here. So as he is, so are we in this world. Well, so I start to understand now I'm in Christ. And so now that I'm in Christ, these things come upon me. And so I know, you know, I'm going to close in a minute, but second, uh, second Corinthians five seventeen, And if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things are become new and all things are of God. And so now this is different. And so I'm, I'm doing something that maybe I wouldn't have done in the past. Well, now if, if I'm like Christ, as he is, so are we in the world. Well, if I have joint seating with Christ, well, as the centurion, as we started tonight's message said, all you got to do is send the word. From where you are. Amen. Now I just gave you a scripture that said. As he is. So are we in the world. Also if any man be in Christ. He's a new creature. So if the centurion could see that. Come on y'all. Amen. On Jesus. The centurion could see that on Jesus. Then guess what. People could see that on you too. Oh, come on. Come on. People could see that on you. And. Man, what, what happens if somebody comes to you and says, oh, no, no, no. You don't need to come over. Just send the word. <laughs> come on, somebody. Uh, you don't need to listen. You don't need to show up over here. Just send the word. That's all I need you to do. Now, you got to be one that believes that. If Jesus could send the word, then so can I. Because he's in me. And the wonderful thing about Jesus is he never doubted his authority. And neither should we. So I want you to prepare yourself to speak from a position of authority. Now, when you speak from authority, you don't question it. You don't go back and, you know, uh, hope that is done. You speak it. Now, how do I know what to speak? Spend that time with God. Get in fellowship with God. Understand the flow of God. Learn how he does things. And then you lock right into that. And then God will give you a confidence. He'll give you a boldness like the first John 4, 17, that we may have boldness. And it's talking about the day of judgment. But you're going to have boldness every day because as he is, so are we in the world. And this world is going to recognize that you're one that's speaking with authority. Not as the religious folks. Come on, somebody. They're going to notice that, you know what? Man, your cousin is just religious, but you different. You speak with power. Amen. Seems like seems like when you pray, stuff changes. Oh, y'all in here. I'm not trying to speak against no religions, but people are going to be coming to you for prayer before they go to their pastor because they know their pastor don't have no power. And all of a sudden, they want to come to you for prayer. Did y'all hear me? He said, wait, wait. You go to the church, why didn't you ask those people to lay hands on you? Oh, you know, they don't. Can you do it? (laughs) Because you're one that's walking around with authority. Amen? And so let's believe this and let's start sending the word. Send it forth. I challenge you. 
Ask God, where do you want me to send this word today? Wake up in the morning and ask him, where do you want me to send the word? And send it out there. Put that word on assignment and have things change. You'll see things change and get better for you and those around you because of you recognizing the authority that you have been given. Now, how long is it going to take for you to get this? Not long. Matter of fact, a person can get saved tonight and walk in this power tomorrow. There is no respect of persons. There's no, I got to be in church for 20 years. No, you don't. Because people can be in church for 20 years and never wake up to this. And so, exactly. And so it can happen right away, but it's going to be up to us. Will we receive it? I'm saying, don't be scared of it. Walk in it. And this world's going to be better because of it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Go ahead and clap for Jesus tonight. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Father, we just thank you in the name of Jesus for blessing us. We understand this power we have. We're not afraid of it. We're not ashamed of it. We're going to walk in it. And we're going to be bold. And we're going to be warriors for you in the world. Maybe you're watching this and you don't know Jesus as Lord. We want you to come in. Come into the kingdom. Don't wait. I say today is the time. Right now is the time. Right now is the time for you to say yes to Jesus. Yes to his will. And yes to his way. Give your life away. This is the best thing you could ever do. Church, let's repeat this prayer so that anyone who hears this message will know how to receive Jesus as Lord. Repeat after me. Jesus, please forgive me. For all of my sins, I commit my life into your hands. This day, I am saved. Do with me as you please. And fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap for the Lord.